0: everybody, welcome to episode one of the Making Madden podcast. I'm Tom Lischke, franchise producer, and with me is Andre Weingarten, franchise designer. This is the first and what we're hoping will be a series of podcasts talking about the Madden Dev process. As Andre and I are both on franchise, we'll be pretty focused on that mode. Each episode, we'll take a look at a different part of the game, talking with the people who make it. But first, we wanted to talk about why we're using this format. In the past, we've mostly shared what we're delivering. Part of our efforts to make franchise stronger is connecting with the community. We think that for a lot of gamers, how and especially why we do things matters. What is a designer thinking about when they make a decision about a feature or some content? This podcast will let us share those stories. Joining Andre and I for this first episode is Connor Dugan, Madden Design Director.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Yep. Absolutely. It is a pleasure to have you on. Andre, you want to kick us off on this first
2: topic? Absolutely. So the first topic that we are going to be going into for this podcast is the brand new franchise staff feature. Franchise staff is essentially your entire coaching staff and the characters that go along with it for both coach and owner mode. So what the franchise staff will comprise of is your head coach, your offensive coordinator, your defensive coordinator, and a player personnel department. So those final three are additions to Madden 22. And They have a lot of special characteristics that separate themselves from other characters. So I'm really excited to look into those as we uh, continue talking about this. That's cool. Like, we're really excited
1: about about the feature itself. But let's get into a little bit more about, you know, why we're building it. Really, when you look at the franchise mode from Madden 20, there wasn't always the strongest core loops. And what I mean Mm -hmm. by that is, you know, from week to week, it was generally focused around player progression and yep. training. And while that is an important piece, we wanted to provide our players with stronger core loops, more stuff to do. And, you know, the staff management feature, you know, really, really or franchise staff feature really makes stronger core loops with you know what you've done.
0: Yeah, this is part of the, the discussions we had early in, you know, right around the launch of the last game and said, OK, what do we want to do for franchise for next year to make it stronger? And just you you touched on the loop that's there when we took a look at it was upgrading your roster and having the players inch forward in terms of power. And that's a really long loop, if you will. It takes a long time to power up your roster, either by getting experience, making each player a little stronger, or by working through trades or free agency or the draft, the longest of all loops, getting brand new players and adding them. So, you know, franchise staff gives keeps a good, really short loop. It's a weekly loop. You'll play some games and we'll get into it. You'll play some games, earn some stuff and make immediate upgrades to the power of your franchise through the staff.
1: And I think too, like the other interesting piece of it is just, you know, you know, when we get into talking a little bit more about talents, just the interesting, much more interesting choices like provided to our players, like there's some big decisions that you need to make and they are going to be things that are really going to you know, craft the personality of your staff. And I think that's really exciting too.
2: Absolutely. In terms of like the high level goals that we had coming into the to the year, as you mentioned, it was to strengthen that core loop. One of the things that I think was really important to us was progressing our characters in a way that the most powerful things you had to kind of grind for. I know that in, in previous years, you were able to purchase through, you know, Coach XP, the most powerful thing for your franchise, really, as soon as you had enough XP and there was no progression to it. It was just I'm going to pick, let's say, quarterback XP because I have a young quarterback and I want to make him good. But now the way that you're going to progress your character is you're going to have to work your way down these talent trees to then purchase the things that might be the most powerful for your for your team a little bit later. So instead of getting it out of the box, you're going to have to kind of work for it. And to do that, as you guys mentioned, it is the core weekly loop. So the way this is represented is you have a currency in game that is, that is called staff points. And this staff points can be earned through goals and weekly performance. So, and, and scenarios as well. You know, those are your three main pieces that you can earn staff points and When you earn enough staff points, you'll be able to buy a talent on one of the coach talent trees. So each character will have their own unique talent trees that have boosts or specific abilities or things of that nature that really improve your experience in different ways. And let's say on base, you need 10 staff points to purchase a talent. Our goal was to pretty much give you enough staff points if you are performing well each week to purchase a talent. And in its first moment, that sounds like a lot of of points, a lot of power, but we're going to be launching with over 60 unique talents and over 95 purchases at launch with plans to expand on that in the future. So if you think about that, that is a multiple year journey to max out your talent trees and your characters and we have a bunch of other things along the way to keep you engaged and, and modifiers
0: yeah and and it's not you know you talk about maxing them out uh, we also have some systems in place so that it will be i don't think we'll ever i guess we have to see how the tuning plays out right but yeah. being maxed is probably not really a, a state that you'll be in for you know for some of the reasons we'll get into next
1: yeah like you can't really be maxed i mean I guess you can, but the way the talent trees are structured with like really interesting choices, do I go down this path? If I do go down this path, then the other path gets locked out. Like, for example, if I'm the head coach, you know, head coach has a couple of paths and you can talk about that in in a second. But like the one that's really interesting is like, okay, for the player development path on the coach talent trees, it's like, it's very clear. It's like, do I want to focus on my offensive positions and boosting those players from an XP growth perspective, or do I want to do it on the defensive side of the ball? And I think what's really cool about it is that about that is, you know, that happens across all trees, but it also gives each staff member and then also each player, you know, their unique builds and really they're allowed to customize and create the staff that they want to create.
0: Yeah. And it, and it ladders up to a unique identifier or a unique identity for each franchise. Because, you know, the the either or choices that I make are likely to be different than other people in my multiplayer league or different from each playthrough I might make when going on a single player run. So, you, you know, you kind of have that different power identity for the franchise that comes through that franchise staff.
2: Absolutely. And to further on that point, we call those internally branching decisions. So literally you have maybe the start of a tree and it says, if you choose this this opposite fork in the tree will be locked out so despite there being over 60 unique talents you will have some that are inaccessible for certain characters if you make that decision and that's to to really make that identity as strong as possible from a real life perspective usually you see coaches who are offensive minded or defensive minded you don't usually see a true mix between the two of them. Some of some of the really special long time coaches can transcend that. But for the most part, they have their own identity. So we want to capture that, that you are essentially shaping your character as a coach or, you know, for your staff in a way that is most logical for your team and what you're trying to build.
1: Yeah, even deeper than that, beyond just offensive and defensive, it's like you have your coaches that are quarterback gurus or position group gurus, yep. and that's all part of the talent tree system as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Looking at the offensive and defensive coordinators, the way that we wanted to represent them was essentially rolling up the entirety of the positional coaches for that side of the ball in each. So there isn't a in the in the long term, there isn't a tremendous difference for what we're trying to accomplish between what an offensive coordinator is doing in practice versus what the quarterback coach is doing. You know, they're working on the fundamentals. They're all collaborating on strengthening the players on the practice field and then going and executing in games. So the way that we have that set up is the talents that these coordinators are going to have really focus on your game day performance. And I think that's how we help separate them out from, say, the head coach or the player personnel department. Head coach is a lot about developing players in terms of growth, right? XP, building up your staff and all the things that go along with that. Your coordinators focus on the game day performance, things that you can actively improve through practice, whether it be more awareness, whether it be in the film room, things like that. And then player personnel is really about player acquisition and retention
1: yeah yeah, i think it's really cool too because you know when you talk about the coordinators themselves like those are obviously split up by position groups but then you know the other thing about head coach we, we we're talking a lot about player development but then there's also the staff development tree yep. which i think is really really interesting where you know at a high highest level it's giving bonuses to your coaches whether it's saving on talents when you buy them, like discounts on talents or bonuses when hiring new coordinators. I think that's a really cool tree as well.
0: Yeah, it, it, you talked on the the position coaches, and I think that was one of the interesting evolutions that happened during the design process for us is, well, what about you know the quarterback's coach? What about the linebacker coach? Whatever it might be. And the decision we came to after a lot of back and forth is, those are represented inside the coordinators trees for the most part. Because it's, you know, it's really one offensive coaching staff and one defensive coaching staff in a lot of ways. So you might see an elite, we might not call it that talent, but like an elite quarterback coach, if you have one, then that represents you choosing a talent that takes you down a a quarterback boosting tree, for instance. But we wanted to hold off on having like what's the right number of staff members to hire, manage, et cetera. And we felt like for a lot of people, the right level of decision making and complexity is, well, let's focus on on those people who are the face for now. And it's the, right. the head coach and the coordinators and then the people that line up behind them show up in the talent tree, in the power of the talent tree.
2: Yep, absolutely. And I mean, just from a real world example, like the Indianapolis Colts, their defensive coordinator, Matt Iberflus, was a former linebacker. So when it comes to developing linebackers, that is his specific specialty the one thing that becomes difficult is that a lot of the ways that the coordinators have their most impact is through the schematics and their individual play calling but like a quarterback when you're playing you are that character so all the quality of the quarterback play in that in, in that example or the quality of your play calling is still you right. so being able to modify that makes it a little bit more difficult and a little bit less genuine than tackling what are the strengths and weaknesses of the coach itself although i do
1: think there is a world where coaching play calling and offensive defensive coordinators and obviously the head coach there's a world in the future where i think we can really make that that a bigger story and then i think that kind of leads to you know the point that we were talking about earlier where you know we're talking about the franchise staff feature. And it's really exciting, you know, in terms of what we talked about, in, uh, in terms of stronger core loop, interesting decisions, more power on the field, off the field. But I'm also really excited because it's like we're building a foundation on this feature. And there's so many places to take this one, you know, not only for like post launch for 22, but for 23 and beyond, it's, it's pretty yep. cool.
0: Yeah. I'd, I'd say that this is a, a good example of the features that we said, when we look at franchise and where do we want to take it over the coming years? The first thing we had to do is make some decisions about building really strong foundational features. And this is a good example of one that uh, it's got a lot of really fun stuff. And Andre called out the 60 talents with 90 plus decision points. And then the, the branches like that's, those are really important choices for gamers so there's a lot of cool stuff there right now, but it does set us up to, to really go in a bunch of different directions. And what'll be fun for me anyways, if you want to make a, a Madden designer smile, get into an argument with the other people in your league over the best power build for your staff and go back and forth and let us watch that. That's what I know that's what I'll be looking for in the launch window is what people think is strong, what they want more of, where do they think we probably put some time in that could have been spent elsewhere so that we can make some adjustments going forward. I mean, there's just a lot to digest.
2: Adding on to your point of building those core foundational pieces, I think this feature in general was one that we as a group felt was really important to start with for that very reason that your coach, your character is the start. There is no better foundation than who you are as a player and dealing with that core weekly loop because other things that we have in our minds might not be present the first week of the season might not be present until midway through the season or at the end of the first season and those are things that we feel very strongly about but if the core weekly loop that gets you there isn't strong enough then those will inevitably not be as impactful but on top of that the talent tree system is very modular so every single feature that we add in the future can be incorporated into this, which I think is my favorite. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So that's one of my favorite parts about this, that we are leveraging a lot of different systems for this first iteration of what talent trees are. And I think it's, it's strong. But there's so much potential with every single thing we add to continue making it exciting and feel new in the future yeah you were you were talking about you know
1: stronger core loops, and I think it's really fun. I've been playing the game obviously a ton as we you know get closer and closer and closer to launch and obviously just you know completing your goals, earning some staff points, unlocking some early talents, which is pretty cool. It's a lot of fun and it's a lot different than you know what we've done in the past and I think one thing I wanted to get some more insight on from you, Andre, is you know the top of the tree from a yep. design perspective versus, you know, towards the end of the tree. What was your thinking there from sort of like a talent tree rewards perspective and a player rewards mm-hmm. perspective, uh, since you designed the trees themselves? Give us a little bit of insight there.
2: Absolutely. So the top of the trees, I wanted them to be as impactful as possible, but not overwhelming. So I guess the, the thing that I was really interested in was, what are some things that we haven't done before that, could get the palette kind of going of like, oh, this is what talents are. So looking at some of them, it's like decrease multi-week injury. So if a player suffered like a four-week injury, instead of it being a four-week injury, it might be a three or two-week injury for that specific player if you own that talent. And I think that's that's one of them. The other is for the coordinators having the ability or really saying that you will not be able to enable your X factors until you own the talent on each side of the ball. So that's kind of like a, if you're a first time coordinator, you don't have the full scope of your team, right? It's almost like a feeling out period. So being able to purchase that first talent of saying, okay, I know what my player strengths and weaknesses are. Let them go and be as, you know, play as well as they can. I think that's one of those cool things. So that's another one. But then, like, when you get to the bottom of the
1: tree, and I don't know if we're going to talk about this now, but I'll just like, there's some really cool talents. Uh, oh, absolutely. absolutely. There. You know, like, you know, some of the stronger talents from my perspective, or one that I don't know if it's just one of the strongest ones, it's one I gravitate towards, is the after school tutoring talent, <laughs> where you can, uh, I like the name. Great job on some <laughs> of these names and some of the art and iconography there. But after school tutoring. Yeah. So that allows you to get another focus player through our weekly strategy feature, which there'll be another uh, podcast on. But again, it's a really strong, powerful talent towards the bottom of the tree, which is cool. And a lot of them have, you know, some great stuff in there. Mm -hmm.
2: That one specifically, and there are three tiers to it. So you can go from three focus players to six which I think is really fun and really entertaining as someone who has dove into that system for many years. I've always wanted more focus right. players. Right, that's right. just, that's always been my first thing. So mm-hmm. being it when, when I got approached by the designer who was working on that, I was like, yes, please. Can we do this?
0: Yeah, that's a good example of the, the and I'll let you go back to it, but that's a good example of those places where there's another feature we're making at the same time and the ability to, to really dive in and, and lock these features together is just the underlying approach that we're taking to really all the franchise features that we've built this year. And I think going forward, we want to do more and more of that. Absolutely.
2: After school tutoring represents one of those ultimate talents and ultimate talents and renewable talents are at the bottom of your trees and bottom being you work from the top down. So these are the things that you have to really progress for. The ultimates are supposed to represent really the most powerful, but the renewables are unique, interesting decision points as well that can really fundamentally shape your team on a, on a seasonal or maybe even weekly basis in the future. But an example would be that, and we'll go into what our, our favorite talents are in a second. I, I'll start with mine being one of the renewables as an example, is the we've seen enough talent, which is a decision point in the head coach tree. And once per season, you can select a hidden development player on your team. You know, you have the snap counter. So 0 to 500 snaps to unlock their development trait. If they have not had it revealed yet, you can reveal it on the spot. That's
1: cool. Very, very, very cool.
2: So I I, I always think back to the, the Charles Haley, which was way back in the day. Bill Walsh went and watched Haley play at james madison and he was a middle linebacker he had converted from defensive end to middle linebacker and he watched him one snap on film and he said we're drafting that guy we're moving him to edge that's all I took we've seen enough that's all it yeah. took, and he's became a hall of famer so so that 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 line
0: stuck in your head and is one thing you wanted to carry forward that that's part of the fun of it is and especially having folks like you on the design team now like you can bring those stories and and make them part of these trees and the it sounds, really, awesome.
2: it sounds really, sounds ir- really irresponsible.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like come on! It, it, snap, it
2: definitely does. Yeah, li- literally, one snap. He watched him. I think bowl over a. Uh, I think he just ran through somebody's face, and it, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he, he he was a defensive end, right? James Madison was is an FCS school, and he was a defensive end who moved to off-ball linebacker. And he's like, this guy's unbelievable. We're mm-hmm. moving him back to. We're moving back to edge, and we're going to go from there.
1: Yeah, but, And for me, like I, that's, I mentioned before, after school tutoring, getting more <laughs> focused players, because I always, you know, that's kind of what what you did is like, you know, pick the right guys that you wanted to develop. And now I can do that, you know, twice as much. There's some really other cool ones. Tom, what do you like?
0: Well, another one of those renewables. And I think it's once per season, if I remember right. Uh, mistakes yep. were made where yep. you get to you can experiment a little bit more and play around, but you get the chance to get a refund on one of the subtrees once per season so you can take your shot and try some stuff out and if it doesn't work out you can shift your team essentially mid season or your staff mid season so
1: yeah i mean that's super important especially like you know for us Going through development where we're like <laughs> testing kind of like in progress software. And I'm just like messing around with the talent screen and making sure that it works and buying random talents and, and, you know, kind of half paying attention. Cause we obviously we're not going through the franchise experience as a, you know, as a gamer would. We're going through it as developers, but being able to reset that thing. And we probably. I, I, have I wasn't and, even and thinking think of it as a. Yeah. yeah.
0: I wasn't even thinking of it so much as a dev tool, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm more thinking I'm going to make a bunch of bad decisions early, and I need right. to, I need forgiveness. Yep. Oh, yeah, I think i good now,
2: yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it was really one of those things that was kind of a legacy feature, right, from NCAA 14 that I always found really interesting, being able to reset and get all of your points back for, for that specific tree. And I think the difference, though, this time around is staff points are a collective pool, where for those who are familiar with NCAA, you earned progress for each individual character, and you could only spend... Towards their specific trees with what you earned. This, anytime you earn any staff points from any of your characters, it goes to one pool, and that means that you can spend it on any of the individual characters. So, with mistakes were made, you can refund, and then you can use it somewhere else. Yeah, like
1: I really like just that strong core loop. Uh, we need to talk a little bit about you know what we've done with goals as well. So, uh, yeah. you know. When you are in the staff management hub, you can pick a goal for your head coach, Offensive coordinator as well as defensive coordinator. And if you don't pick one, one will be assigned to you. But I think it's really interesting because depending on what your upcoming opponent or who your upcoming opponent is, what you're really interested in in terms of how you've developed your team, you can pick the right goal. So a goal might be, you know, sack the quarterback three times or four times. And what's also cool about it is, you know, let's say I get a sack the quarterback four times goal. If I only sack him twice, I might get half the staff points. So it's not all or nothing, which, you know, makes me feel better because some of the staff or some of the goals are kind of challenging. But at the same point, same time, you can still get partial completion rewards for them.
0: Yeah, we wanted to set it up so that, you know, just just for playing and playing decently, you're still going to be making progress on your staff and getting some choices. You just might not get them as often, depending on how aggressive of a goal you choose and how you performed in a, in a given game. But we do want to tune it so that as you're building up your competency in Madden, frankly, you still get to participate in the system regularly. You just might choose to take some of the more conservative goals at the start to kind of lock in those points before you take on, I can't remember off the top of my head, the more aggressive ones, but there are some pretty big ones in there that have bigger bigger staff points. Uh, yeah, like if the there's one,
1: like, um, what is it? Have 75% of possession
2: time. Is that right, Andre? Is yeah, the, yeah, it, it, was, it, yeah it, was, it was like 70 or 75%. And for the most part, I think the goals are really indicative of what your approach is in the game yeah. itself, right? That, that That's what you're trying to do. And that also ties into... You know, as as we said, we'll talk about weekly strategy in a future episode, but, you know, figuring out what you want to do relative to your opponent, just because you didn't meet the expectation fully doesn't mean you didn't have a good performance, right? If I threw for 299 yards on 14 passes and my goal is 300 yards, that would be a terrible feeling to get nothing. Yeah. Right? Right. You know, if that's what I was aiming for. And that happens, right? If you're just dominating yeah. and, and you're winning, you know, 45, nothing, and you just don't have more opportunities to throw the ball. It's like, well, why are we going to penalize you for that? So that that's, I think one of the big reasons why we added the partial completion in there.
0: Yeah. And I do like the fact that it ties back to weekly strategy, like you said. And so uh, and we are feeding you enough information that if you think you're going up against a weaker opponent and you can have some more aggressive goals, and we have the strategy that week. You can make the choice. Well, I'm going to i want to tune up the risk reward on my goals for this week because I think I totally. can have a huge gain and advance my staff power, therefore. So
1: totally. And then we have obviously we'll talk about this on some or you guys will talk about this on some future. Uh, we'll, we'll, podcast we'll put you back if you want. <laughs> but we have our season engine. So scenarios, there's a really, there's really a lot of cool stuff in there. And then within those, you're going to have interesting decisions and those decisions will create goals for you. And you'll of course get franchise staff points if you complete those goals. So also another way to earn staff points.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I know we talked about it a little bit, just transitioning slightly to can you max out your characters and some of the things that we put into place to, not not exactly prevent it but to prevent it is staff movement
0: right yeah that, that i think preventing we we do want to prevent it we don't want people to get to that end power state and just live there because then they we're, basically they don't have more interesting choices right so yeah. that's what we talked about is what happens is when you start to really get a few years down on the on the power curve what does that look like do you want to you want to jump through that a little bit andre
2: yeah, absolutely. So, you know, th- there's a few different ways to go about it, especially if you're in coach mode or owner mode. Staff movement and the ability to hire and fire and, and move people around was a big portion of it, right? That's, that's a huge part of what a coaching staff is. The coordinator specifically, they move around like crazy in terms of positional coaches becoming coordinators, coordinators becoming head coaches, et cetera, filling vacancies. So the better you become as a team, the more likely a CPU team is going to poach one of your coordinators to become their head coach if they have a vacancy. So I think that's one of the really cool things that that we've talked about was, let's say you've won three Super Bowls in a row. Well, teams know that you have this <laughs> stellar offensive coordinator. They want to replicate your success. And if they have an opening, they're going to try and, and snatch one of those guys away. So you essentially are ending or having a character taken from you in that regard that you then have to build up
1: to replace them. Right. That was interesting from a design perspective, you know, early on when we were talking about this feature, it was like, what happens? Do I just get nothing now? And we're like, well,
2: that's going to suck. Yeah. (laughs) Gamers are going to
0: (laughs) hate that. What do we do about that? So Yeah.
2: So we, we came up with two solutions. The first one is there are some talents that will get you a refund if you lose a character, a coach character, a coordinator offensive, defensive. So in, in that instance, because those are only uh, characters that can be poached from you, right? There's no lateral movement. So you can't have a team with an offensive coordinator uh, position open, take your offensive coordinator for that spot. So, you know, so they, they can't like, if you're an owner, mode, they can't just steal your head coach from you. That's not how their NFL rules around that. And we want to be authentic in that regard. So the example would be offensive coordinator gets taken to become a head coach elsewhere, and maybe you get 10% refund on the amount of uh, staff points you spent on that character. The other is when you hire a new coach. So because of that, we kind of worked on a, a balancing act. What we wanted to add something called a hiring bonus. So a hiring bonus is when you bring in a character for the first time in a season. So, you know, offensive coordinator, you, you, you hire them. you get a bonus of staff points for that decision. And the amount of staff points you get is directly related to the amount of talents that that coach already has. So if a coach has a lot of talents, you get a smaller hiring bonus. If they have no talents or very few, you get a hiring bonus that is much higher to kind of offset that fact. So you're almost banking on, do you want a pre-built character with a lot of talents and a lot of power to them? Or do you want the flexibility to build up your character yourself, and we'll give you a little bit of a helping hand in that regard? Yeah, I'm more of a
1: building myself type of person. I don't know about you guys, but like, yeah.
0: So therefore, you might start with a franchise that has the coaches. That don't have as developed talent trees when you're even at the starting point. That's another thing that that will differentiate starting points is how much of the the talent trees are filled out. And I know Andre yep. you did a pretty big design content pass on representing each of the teams as they kind of exist at the at the beginning of the season here.
2: Yep. Yeah, and then, and then there's a bunch of generic coaches and coordinators and in, in free agency that will populate out each year. It's totally random on on which guys you'll get. So, there are some in there, just keep an eye out, that are really good. There's some yeah. really good. Uh, what are their names, Andre? What are their I, names? I mean, I'm not going to say which characters are them, but when you see them, you'll know. You will mm. absolutely know how powerful they are. And one of the last pieces of the staff movement side of things is we represent Black Monday, the, the day that all the coaches get fired at the end of the regular season from the teams that are eliminated. And then we have a staff moves week, which really displays all of the movement throughout the league in terms of what's happening. And during that staff moves week, if there is a head coach who was fired and you have an opening on offensive or defensive coordinator, you can hire them for that position. So it's almost like they're going back to their roots in that situation. So let's say Brian Flores, you know, excellent coach. Let's say something terrible happens in Miami, he gets fired. You can... In Staff Moves Week, bring him in to be your defensive coordinator, a position that he was stellar at in New England. So that gives you that type of opportunity. And it's only in that Staff Moves Week. You can't hire head coaches to become a coordinator prior to that. So it's a a small window. But I think that's more representative of head coaches taking their time to find the right opportunity rather than jumping at a coordinator position when they might have a head coach opening later. That's really cool stuff. I think one thing that we haven't
1: touched on but we probably should is we've talked about head coach, coordinators, offense and defense. We haven't really gone that deep on the player personnel department. I think that's stuff's really interesting. Obviously, you got boosts on one, one tree for trades, getting some advantages there with the talents and then one on contracts, which is also really cool. So let's get an overview on those two. And then I got a follow up question from a design perspective. I'm looking at the contracts tree. It is the only tree that has a I guess, a split of three in terms of their branching decisions. So first, uh, let's talk
2: about some of the cool traits,
1: uh, sorry, talents rather, uh, around trades and contracts.
2: Absolutely. So I think this was the one where we could be almost the most creative on because it's not tied to ratings. It's not tied to to player growth. This is really the crux of what goes into building up your roster through player acquisition and retention. So some of my favorite ones in here, and I could probably say that the majority of them are are my favorites because I had so much fun discussing this with the rest of the team and coming up with, with these specifically, was things along the lines of reducing the cost of trading for older players, 30 plus. So it's kind of like the veteran discount where this player is not as valuable to the CPU or to another team because they are getting older. And you're kind of looking for someone who might be a a rental, a mentor, someone who you can bring in to help shape your organization in the short term, knowing that they won't be here forever. Other ones would be along the lines. So wait, 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 wait.
1: wait. Can I get uh, Fitzpatrick with that one? Can I get Tom Brady with that one?
2: Yeah, it's 30 plus <laughs> so yeah you know awesome. And, awesome. With, with his overall it'll be tough thanks to all of the trade tuning that some of our designers did over the course of uh, Madden's 21 continuous development and and into 22 but yeah i mean those guys will be available through that shout, shout out trade to- tuning shout out trade tuning
1: <laughs> 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 you actually can't get tom brady that way but anyway yes yeah
2: I mean, you might be able to get them for, you know, like the 25th pick instead of, you know, the 20, 21st pick. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, you know, some of the other ones that are in there are things like your draft picks are more valuable to the CPU or their draft picks are less valuable to them. Right. So, you know, there's, there's different layers of, it's almost representing what, fundamentally you're trying to do as a team are you trying to build through trades and through free agency or are you trying to build through the draft and you have avenues that can kind of take you down both of those paths yeah
0: Yeah, it represents that the the team building philosophy right each team yeah tends to do it a little differently it's kind of the gm's personality or the the strengths of their departments or whatever so it's fun to see that represented i actually think that tree is actually my favorite just because it represents something that's much different than what we've done before I think and yeah something that it's a step forward for us as you know franchise more accurately representing what it is to uh, to run a franchise and to make choices and build your roster and think about a long-term philosophy instead of just reactive player acquisition. Yeah, I think there's one long.
1: one we need to call out, though, which is online one. You know what that one is, Andre? It's really <laughs> Online cool. one. It's so, guaranteed trade package for current user picked during yeah. the draft. I think that's awesome.
2: Yeah, I, I know that when I have just gone through so many different drafts that that was one thing that really stuck with me it's like this is a pretty good pick i'm surprised no one's given me a call and now it's like you're going to get one no matter what with that pick you might not want to take it but with the trade tuning and all those things it should be more enticing than in years past and you can choose not to but you at least have that option and the ultimate talent for that tree gives you the ability to trade up in the draft more easily which i think is really cool during the draft itself When everybody's scrambling, it's almost like you have a little bit of influence tapping into the pressure of those teams sitting on the clock (laughs) to be able to move up and trade for a draft pick of something along those lines. So I think that's really a fun one because I know trading up has always been very difficult in the draft for a lot of people. I know I've... Banged my head against my desk a few times trying to trade up during the draft in, in, in years past. So I, I think that that one hit close to home, right? As, as someone who plays a lot of franchises, who loves the draft and the offseason, being able to make that experience a better one yeah. was, was big for me.
1: The player personnel yeah, stuff ahead. is, is yeah, really, really, really interesting and because it's just so much more – it's so much different than mm-hmm. the other trees, right? There's so yeah. many unique talents in there. And then we talk about contracts, you know, the ability to re-sign players, making that a bit easier with some of the talents. And then you can do it by position, which is really cool in terms of your choices, which branch do you want to take. Very, very Connor, cool stuff.
0: Connor, did you know that Andre has read the CBA? He is yeah, the, I mean, the, the one person that I've ever met who read the CBA cover to cover. So I think it's fun to have a, a place where you can kind of flex on that, right? In the inside <laughs> the stuff, like yeah, it's, it's important. It's an important piece of the authenticity. It's uh, I love the fact that uh, we've got people on the team who actually love that part of the thing and can bring that to the gaming experience in a way that's actually fun and not just. That, that way, I don't have to read the CBA. Also like <laughs> I, I,
2: I am a glutton for punishment. I very much enjoyed that read, especially on the contract side of things. And, yeah. and you know, you know, it gives you a lot of ideas of, of what to do, where to go. In terms of the contracts, I mean, this isn't in the CBA, obviously, because some of these things are a little bit more Madden related, but they exist. They're things that can't be documented on pen and paper, but they are things that happen in the world. And that is yeah. one of the first talents is hometown discount. So hometown yep. discount is you are able to get a reduced cost when trying to resign players of various overall for your team. So, an example would be, you know, maybe the first tier is a 75 overall or lower players will take a discount to return to you. And then maybe the third tier is any player below 90 overall. So the top end guys, those elite players, are still going to want their market value. But the guys who are right below that are more willing to stick with you if you own that talent. And, you know, it's it's things of that nature, being able to entice players who are scheme fits in free agency to more likely come to your team. We have a talent in the head coaching tree that makes every player on your team, once they're signed, a scheme fit as well. So that, that's one of the more powerful ones. So you know there's there's different power structures and different levels that you can really go into. And I think one of the really cool ones at the end of that tree of the contracts is what we call the unlocker. So basically if you're in re-sign and a player says, I'm not really interested in in re-signing with you anymore once per season you can say well i don't agree with that decision give me one more shot <laughs> That's and awesome. you, you, you get one more chance
0: so, right. you know, so you might not get so as a packers fan right now i feel like that talent might be you know maybe not directly applicable but it feels like it's a that that type of thing would be really useful in current situations so oh,
1: you need that you need the over 30 resign you need the qb yeah, I, whisperer I, I, which is like <laughs> <laughs> the ability yeah. to, to increase their likelihood of resigning yeah you so gotta deploy all. all the
0: the things against yeah. the current situation yeah. yep to just do as much as you can
2: if it doesn't work you have the uh <laughs> the mistakes yeah. were made to, to retry
0: yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. Hey, uh, we probably need to start wrapping it up, but uh, I did, there are a couple of questions that came in the mailbag that uh, I, I, I think we want to take a look at. So one, uh, let's talk about authentic coordinators for a second in, yep. in that discussion.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So for this year, we will have generic coordinators that represent the strengths and weaknesses of the team rather than authentic coordinators. There are just some hurdles that were difficult this year, being that when we had coordinators in the past, there was a, a coaching agreement that they were all yeah. underneath. So we were able to license all of them at once. And there, that is no longer the case. The head coaches still have that, but coordinators don't. So to be able to go and reach out to 64 coordinators, that's not so much of an issue. It's the Bring them all in, getting them scanned, getting them into into game, and all of those logistical features uh, made it very difficult, especially during COVID times. But it's something yeah. that we have on our radar that we are interested in, but it was not uh, realistic for this year.
0: Yeah, I think we all, it's it's worth saying we always want to be as authentic as we can. However, we also have to decide what's realistic in any given time and space. And if we go after this, what, what do we not do in exchange? We can do an awful lot. We're a big team. We've got a lot right. to do. Right. So, and,
1: and just because we don't have authentic coordinators, it doesn't mean that the coordinators aren't inspired by sort of that team style of play as it currently yeah. exists. So so keep that yeah. in mind as well.
2: Yeah, sure. we focused on the strength of the roster to represent the the authenticity factor, right? You know, a team like the Chiefs are going to be heavy on the offensive coordinator side because of, you know, Mahomes and Kelsey and Tyreek, etc. And and that's kind of the the structure that we built. You know, newer coordinators are still going to be pretty new guys who are hired are going to be pretty low on the totem pole. But That's really the extent of that.
0: Yep. So the other question that I think comes up a lot is when we talk about doing franchise staff that we hear a lot from our own team is, well, is it like NCAA? So (laughs) like you want to talk about that? Let's just take that one on directly. uh.
2: The coaching carousel isn't exactly the same, right? Obviously, you have the opportunity to hire guys and bring them in. But in terms of the the tree structure, yeah, I guess you could say they're pretty similar. Each character has two unique sub trees, so there's eight sub trees total on launch. And we kind of covered some of the other ways that that it differed, yeah. right? There's a collective pool of staff yeah. points rather than earning XP for each individual character. Yeah, I and, do think that,
0: that that collective pool was a big decision. Um, and again, one of those decisions is to kind of keep it. We we want some layer of depth to it with multiple staff members and multiple trees there, but Having only one currency, if you will, that kind of drives the whole thing and sits in the middle of that weekly loop was an important as not necessarily simplification but just like a real clean clear loop.
1: I think you need it to be honest, because we have the 60 plus talents uh, for launch. and we're planning to do a lot more after launch, right and and yeah. uh, you know adding more trees, adding more talents, and this stuff's going to be built upon, you know, year after year, modified and tuned and based on player feedback. So to not have that sort of one size fits all currency to talent unlock would make it not so easy to expand upon from a design
2: perspective. Yeah. Or to understand as a as a gamer. I mean it just yeah. it would be for us I think an unnecessary level of complexity that that doesn't necessarily improve the experience even if it might silo things off in a way that is more indicative of what they're doing but totally yeah uh yeah. we had to
1: consider it because yeah. of the nostalgia factor but we yeah. believe this is the way to go you know absolutely yeah.
2: and i would be remiss not to ask to go into this mailbag question really briefly what about multiplayer leagues well commissioners have control of these types of things so for multiplayer leagues we do have a league setting that determines how many staff points it takes to purchase talents. So if you want a faster experience, you can make them cost less. If you want a slow grinded out type experience, you can make them cost more up to, I think we have triple the cost. So, I mean, that definitely will expand your, how long it takes to build up your staff, your talents.
0: Much slower power curve, right? Yes, exactly. But but some leagues and commissioners might want that. And that goes back to what we were talking about with uh, Sean in the first, in episode zero is... We just want to give that control and flexibility to the the gamer and the commissioners, et cetera, to how do they want to play franchise? Well, yep. franchise staff will, is designed to that standard is to give the control to the gamer on how they want to experience it.
2: Yep. And for those who want to micromanage, you can also take a look at every single team staff and look at all of their talent trees. So if you want to see what the Indianapolis Colts owner is doing in terms of their staff trees and you might have guidelines and regulations that you want specifically for your for your league maybe they shouldn't be purchasing this talent or this or that you have the opportunity to say okay i'm going to go in and look and see what those are doing and that's that's competitive right in in terms of you yeah. can see what other teams are building up in terms of their power curves but it's just that layer of awareness that i thought would be i think really important for for multi-user leagues and as we talked about earlier, it's also really good for testing purposes, seeing what CPU teams build up. And, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, no. And just to, just to be clear, a commissioner can't lock out individual talents, but just yeah, that'd be more like a house house rule for the league or whatever. Hey, nobody take yeah. this one because we don't like it or or whatnot. But the ability to see it would let the commissioner understand all that and uh, and take a look at it. So cool. Well, thanks for joining us, Connor. Uh, I think that was a good look at everything. Appreciate you having here having I'm you welcome. here as our is our first uh, official guest after having sean on last week so
2: andre you want to take us out absolutely thank you so much for joining us for the first episode of the making madden podcast check back next week when we'll dive into the new weekly strategy inside a franchise